Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. It's not often that I get to tell you that I was right about something, but at least as of right now, I am correct as, as of this moment. And it is something I mentioned a few weeks before the season started, and it's playing out really exactly like I expected. I expected Louisville to have success in their first three to four games. They've done that, and they've gotten... I mean, they had their best game just a couple of days ago, which was great to see as they head into these next two weeks against much tougher competition. But they weren't really playing anybody that was going to get you a whole lot of respect nationally if you won, even if you won big, like you did against Boston College. And another factor that I did mention was that nobody's surprised that Jeff is having some early success. Like if Jeff inherited a terrible team and didn't have you know, a resume or any experience, then there would be, oh, wow, this guy, Jeff Brom, he's back at Louisville and he's having success. Nobody nationally is surprised at what Jeff's doing because they expect him to be 4-0 right now because they know what he can do as a coach. So that's led to you being 4-0, lighting up the scoreboard like you did and still not really feeling like you're getting any attention nationally. And I'm just here to tell you, I get it. I mean, I understand. Doesn't mean Louisville's not a top 25 caliber team. I happen to think that they can be. But if you have a vote, I get why you aren't voting for Louisville based off of the four wins and who they have come against. So I'm not telling you that everybody who voted Louisville or left Louisville outside of the top 25 is is correct in them in, in how they view them. But I also understand it. Now, there are other teams that I think are having similar success and their schedules are actually even worse up to this point and they're still ahead of Louisville but I think that's probably just I think that more than anything I think that's just a product of how these teams were viewed before the season started where they were ranked before the year got going I mean for example Louisville right now this is according to the Sagarin they update they 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 give you an updated strength of schedule after every week and right now Louisville's strength of schedule in these four games ranks 112th which isn't great but Georgia is at 130th. Um, They're ahead of you. They're number one in the country. (laughs) Uh, USC, very close to Louisville, 116. That's where they rank, and they're at number eight. Duke is at 120th, so they are worse than Louisville, but very similar, and they're sitting at number 17. Miami, 126. They're at number 18. Kentucky's not ranked, but they do have more votes than you. Their schedule at this point is actually ranked 164th out of 112. So, at season's end, Louisville will have played a lighter schedule than Kentucky, no doubt. Um, but look, that's why. That's why you're not ranked. I tried to warn you, but I think when you're this excited, you want you want that number next to your name, and I get it. <laughs> but if Louisville takes care of business and just 
starts, you know, if they continue to win and it happens to be against teams that people do have a little bit more respect for than Indiana, Georgia Tech, and Boston College, it's all going to work itself out. So don't say I didn't tell you so. This is, like, I think they could beat NC State this Friday and still not be ranked, depending on where things, you know, I guess it all really depends on what else happens. But I don't think, and if they blow them off the field, then yeah, maybe you will get a little more attention. But if they win and it's a competitive game, They'll probably get more votes, but I'm not sure if it's going to put them in the top 25. And I'd be okay with that because I love the idea of having Notre Dame here. And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we can do that, right? We don't play. We're not a factor in the game. So if you win, take your business Friday, and yet you still are unranked. And Notre Dame, they're looking still as if they are going to be a contender for the playoff because if they end up only having that one loss and it's Ohio State and Ohio State ends up being the Big Ten champion this year, which I don't think anybody would be shocked if they were, Still going to be a big, big deal for Louisville to maybe get a win there. Another thing I can say that I was right about, at least as of right now, maybe it changes. But when it comes to the Governor's Cup, we have never, to my knowledge, at least in my lifetime, had a Louisville and Kentucky football game where both teams felt like they were in a really good spot. Now, clearly, you're going to have years where you feel like, yeah, you can pull off the victory or maybe, you know. There's been, yeah, I just wanted to double check. There's never been a scenario where these two teams have played and both teams are ranked, and that could happen this year. Both teams, by the way, this is the first time ever that Louisville and Kentucky have both started a season 4 0. So I'd say mostly it's due to who they've played for both teams, but we'll see. I mean, if Kentucky is, if Kentucky can find ways to win against teams like Florida, Mississippi State, who else? Missouri. And their losses come against Tennessee or Tennessee and Georgia and Bama, then that'll probably be just, that'll probably end up being just them taking care of business and beating the teams that you know they're they're looked at as swing games. But it could lead to both teams being ranked at the end of the year, and that would be awesome. I mean, I don't want Kentucky to beat anybody. I'm going to root against them every time they play. But it would be nice to see what kind of juice we get around here locally with this rivalry if when they play. Like both teams are ranked and you feel like not only do you want to have the bragging rights on your side of the rivalry, but also you beat a good team in doing so. So I, I don't, I'm not ready to predict that that happens, but we're at least in that position for the first time ever where each team has started the season 4-0. Man, I, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I hate that they play the last game of the year. I do. I, it should be the first game of the year. It should be on the holiday weekend and it would just be better for everybody. But I get it. I know why they don't play early on like they used to. All right, it's Coffee and Company. We are fueled by Thornton's. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. My name's Nick Coffee. I hope you guys knew that. If you didn't, now you do. And we've got Austin Montgomery alongside today producing this afternoon. You guys hear Austin on a variety of our stations here at iHeart Louisville. And uh, we got to talk about Taylor Swift really quickly here. I don't want to turn this into like a, you know, because you're going to hear about it everywhere. We're not going to be that station. Yeah, but... Do you buy that like this is a genuine romantic like no thing with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? No, no. I even tweeted this out earlier. Haven't you? I mean, I don't. I'm not a Swifty, and I don't keep up with it. Like I'm, I'm kind of forced to because I'm online all the time, and so you kind of you're naturally. Oh, you can't. Like you, it. you can't avoid. Yeah, you can't avoid it. I mean, Taylor <laughs> Swift has hit a level of fame to where she's she like anybody claiming they don't know who she is and they couldn't spot her i mean you're lying because you can't avoid yeah. her i mean you just can't so look i 
I'm not somebody that's really big on conspiracy theories, but I understand why people throw it out there as far as are they just doing this for their brand to get more attention. Sure. But but what would make me think that that's not the case is that – and I could be wrong here. I want to get your thoughts on this. Taylor Swift, what does she gain by being attached to Travis Kelsey? Not to say he's, I mean, a, a, a bad catch or anything, but – does she need him to give her anything she doesn't already have as far as her brand, the exposure? I mean, she's, again, one of the most famous humans sure. on the planet right now. He clearly is going to be – I may have sold him a little bit short, but he is he's clearly going to get exposure yeah. from her world that he probably never had before because there are people who are obsessed with Taylor Swift that have probably never watched football, and they don't really know who he is. So again, sure. when I say that I've sold him a little bit short, he is a bigger like he's one of the more known names in the NFL. And I know how important the or I know how much the NFL moves the needle. It's it's I mean, it's a monster. It's it's the biggest product we have in America, really. But I just don't, you know, it's it, put it this way. It doesn't feel he, genuine, yeah, does it? She could let's let's just say he was the biggest star in the NFL. And of course she's the biggest star in music right now, if you wanna if you wanna make that claim. She has a bigger reach than him. But he yeah. has I mean, his podcast that he does with his brother became the number one overall podcast on Apple's platform. I didn't realize sure. it was that that successful. I didn't even know that either. Yeah. I mean he's I don't care for the Kelsey's to be honest. I'm with I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's a big deal, right? He's yeah. I mean He's got a big booming business of car wash chains that's made him – I mean he's invested money and it's going well to where like he can never play football again tomorrow and he's probably going to be sure. very wealthy the rest of his life. And this may sound silly to some or maybe you get what I mean when I say it, but he hosted SNL. And I think if SNL is going to have you host, that really speaks to how famous you are because – they're not reaching sport. They don't. You know, they're not catering to a sports audience, right? So, you got to be a big enough star that if people don't watch sports and SNL wants you on there, they know that even if you don't watch sports, they're going to know who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like no. when Jack Harlow got to host and perform on yes. SNL, I remember thinking, like, I don't know if people realize this. Like, this puts him sort of in a different level to where, at least for now, maybe it doesn't last as long. Hell, maybe he's faded since then. I don't know. But I remember thinking, like, this is a kid from Louisville, and he's being he's being asked to host SNL. I don't know people say, well, SNL isn't what it once was. But still, even if it even if it is not getting viewership like it used to and it's not as funny, again, think about it from that perspective. They're not out there to get a bunch of sports fans to watch. They're out there to get a bunch of people who are fans of all kinds of different things to watch. Mm -hmm. And their comfort level and having Travis Kelsey host, I think, says that they feel like you cannot watch any NFL, but you're going to know who this guy is. So I, I don't know yeah. if I believe that it's a stunt, but man, the way they left in that weird old convertible last night and the, the way that he just kind of yeah. looked at the camera and the celebrations in the box with his family. I mean, she's already red flag. She's already cussing around a mom that she just met. Yeah. Red flag number one, right? And, I, think, I think you're onto something and, there. But, and uh, but you you mentioned it. The crossover. It wouldn't hurt. Of course, Taylor Swift's probably the biggest artist right now. But what would it hurt to get an NFL audience on you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. What would it hurt Travis Kelsey to go ahead and get the Swifties on him? I'm just. It, it, it just seems. We all know the joke with Taylor Swift. There's a new boyfriend that she always just makes a song about or, or some sort of album about. Yeah, see, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I had to learn this last week. I was, mm -hmm. I, I was, I mean, I know that she's super famous, but I did not realize how many different celebrities she has either seriously dated yeah. or been or been linked to. She's, yeah. I mean, but yet she was like 18 when she dated John Mayer, who was like 30. Like I went through a whole thing 
from, I think it might have been vanity.com or whatever, that broke down like her entire dating history since she's been famous. And, you know, everybody's had a lot of different boyfriends, girlfriends in their life, I'm sure, in that window of time. But I'm like, man, she kind of gets around. I don't mean that in a sexual way. I don't mean like that she's, you know, she's, you know, you know, I can't say the word, but you guys know what I'm getting at. But yet she you know. does. And she seems she gets she gets this wholesome benefit of the doubt, I think, from a lot of people. And I don't know if it's genuine or not. But um, yeah, I mean, she's she's yeah, she's 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 had her name around. I mean, uh, uh, Taylor Lautner. Um, who else am I thinking? Definitely Harry Styles. I didn't realize sure. she dated Jake Gyllenhaal. John Mayer, Jake Gyllenhaal. Isn't it weird? She's got this obsession with old, older, older guys, and she's that stereotypical girl that never seems to learn her lesson, right? And if you, I think we even talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were doing the pregame. It, it, Travis Kelsey just comes off as kind of like oh, a his dude. His right? brand is his brand is d bag. He's and a, I don't, he's, he's a d bag, yeah. and that's like that's like complete opposite of what Taylor Swift. That that's everyone that she's dated. So you thought. Good point by now she's like she would see the forest through the trees right but no i i don't know i don't these guys might like each other or they no, might like each other I was they might gonna still say, be like, having a fun time if hooking up if they're if they're truly lovebirds and they just are that into each other and they're crushing on then then you know that's sure whatever but when it comes like I, they cannot expect people to not make the the assumptions that they're maybe doing this to align together and both benefit from the the buzz that each has, but there's no way around it. He's going to benefit from this more than she would because of just how big she is globally. And front office sports just tweeted this out five minutes ago. Good timing for us here. Look at that. Travis Kelsey has surpassed 3 million Instagram followers. So since it became public that they were an item and his brother confirmed they were dating, he has added 325,000 Instagram followers over a quarter of a million there. There's your answer. And that, I mean, that that's telling. And, and, Let's be real. He's not hurting for money, but no. he's going to benefit by having more and more people who know who he is. I mean, there'll be people who, again, I don't like she has this insanely loyal following. And I don't want to pass judgment on anybody who's it's a big a Taylor Swift fan. But, yes, it's very cult like. Yeah. Like there's no artist or band, I think, that is as big as she is mainstream where the the cult like followers, not not all of them. But, I mean, some of the stories out there are crazy to where like they they're they're obsessed in a way that i don't think other huge musicians and stars Mm -hmm. like it's a different level of obsession where it's just kind of odd and i mean when you had people that were paying what they'll pay to go to her concerts that's one thing the eras tour stuff this summer but but also like this swifties if you want to call them that i think that's what they call themselves like the, the 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 diehard swifties collectively were just like yeah, uh, we are going to get adult diapers and wear them to the concert. That way we don't have to go wait in line in the bathroom and miss any nice. seconds of Taylor's performance. And they just collectively as a group, a group of loonies, just decided that was not weird. And like, no, it's weird. So It's weird if you judge them now. Yeah, and, and, and last night was kind of funny, I guess, as far as the reaction and everybody. You know, she's in she's in the suite with the family, and they left together holding hands like – but it's going to get real annoying, I think, for people. I'm already annoyed. Yeah, and, and, and like I'll say this about Travis Kelsey. He's so, I mean, so far so good. He's having a good year. Uh, missed the first game with an injury, but had a touchdown last night. He's phenomenal. But there's no scenario where you could argue with anybody that this is not a distraction. Now, you can not be distracted by it, but it's a distraction if that makes sense mm-hmm. because of everything – all the attention that's going to be there because of who you're dating. And it seems as if everybody's cool with it, which, you know, whatever. But as soon as they start, if they have, I shouldn't say as soon, but if they do have some struggles, 
there's no denying that this will be labeled as one of the big reasons. And then maybe Chiefs fans are going to be turning against Taylor Swift. And then this weird cult-like mm. Swifty army is yeah. going to be, I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's, it's just an everlasting battle. It is. I guess uh, the whole, is wild. To, to, tie, to tie the whole bow on the Taylor Swift thing and Austin here for Taylor Swift fans, I think, uh, um, like I said, following this whole thing, and, and it's hard not to follow throughout Twitter, but I feel like I've saw at least four or five different times when she was on tour during the Eras tour of Taylor's been spotted. Is she dating this guy? She's been spotted with this guy. She's been spotted with Harry Styles again. She's been spotted with this other guy. Are they dating? And she's been out to restaurants and stuff with them. But that, I, listen, you're single. Go ahead and live your life, chick. I'm I'm 100% about that. But you, it, it just seems like this was kind of mustered up out of nowhere. I mean, do you think that Travis Travis Kelsey really is a Taylor Swift fan or do you think you could see the kind of guy that he is wanting to take advantage of this brand he's a, he's a meathead jock looking guy he's a, he's a, a a good looking dude I'll go ahead and say that he's I guess he's easy on the eyes a lady he had a, for heck he had a dating show a couple a couple years ago yeah and so like Taylor Swift just doesn't seem like I don't know just doesn't seem like his type of type of girl and it doesn't seem like any football dudes type of girl so there's just something about me that just kind of comes off as I'm not saying that they that they're doing it you know all for fake i'm sure there might be some feelings there they might be having fun hooking up for all i know and it seems like just from what i know and it's not a whole lot about the army of fans that she has that are i think in sort of that weird like weird level of obsession but they seem to think that there's no human that's good enough to date her like no matter who she's hanging out with they're gonna think she deserves better because they think she is in fact the number one human being on the planet which you know maybe she is but Anybody that can't see that she's a super successful, super talented musician, but her army of followers, it's different. It, it's, I mean, you said it best. It's cult-like, and I don't think that's an exaggeration I'm at all. I'm wondering if she was ever approached, because they just announced, what was it, yesterday, the day, day before, that the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be Usher, and yep. it's going to be thrown back. I wonder, I don't think she's done a halftime show yet. Taylor she has Swift. not, so they asked her to do it at one point, and I don't remember which year it was, but... She is such a star and has been really for the last few years. I mean, I think lately it's been much a bigger – she's been much, a much bigger name than she's ever been. But they don't pay you to do that. They realize the exposure you're going to get. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so they don't pay you to do it. So she's like at this point in her career, she'd never do anything without being paid as far as a performance because she's got the ability to charge more than she's ever had to do. So um, I, I think that's why she's not done it. I'm sure she'll do it at some point because, you know – why would she Meanwhile, not? Usher is like, did anyone forget the lyrics to my yeah. boo? Let me go on ahead. Let me, let me go ahead and sing for the halftime he's got a show. Ca- he's got a catalog good enough to where like it makes sense that he's doing it. But I do feel like, you know, Usher five years ago, it would have made a little more sense. I'm fine with it. I'm a big Usher fan, but I, I do feel Usher. like he's somebody that maybe hasn't been as relevant lately. But no doubt he's got enough hits that he's, he's going to confessions. He, album. He'll be performing and you'll remember. Oh, yeah. I remember Usher put this song out in 2004. And yeah, this he'll, came he'll, out he's going to yeah. roll out Lil yeah. John. Everyone's going to go. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a good time. He's got a catalog. No doubt. All right. Here's what you guys need to do. No doubt. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you have not already, I imagine most of you have because I've been telling you that they're hooking you up. They're going to give you $200 in bonus bets to start with once sports betting becomes legal in just a matter of days. This Thursday, September the 28th, you will be able to open up that DraftKings Sportsbook app and wager legally from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are. Maybe you're out watching games at a sports bar here in town, or maybe you're, I, I, it doesn't matter where you are, just know if you're in Kentucky and you have some service, you can pop open the app, bet on whatever you want. And to celebrate, they are going to give you $200 in bonus bets to start with if you sign up today using my code SPORTSTALK. So 
just to clarify, you don't have to deposit any money. Also, to clarify, you don't you won't get the money in your account until Thursday. So do it now to take advantage of this great deal, this great offer they're giving you by signing up and using my code Sports Talk. But just know you didn't do anything wrong if you don't see the bonus bet money in your account right away. It will not be there until Thursday. So again, don't wait. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with the code Sports Talk. You get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Yes, you heard that right. Two hundred dollars in bonus bets to start with once mobile sports betting goes live right here in Kentucky. Just a few days away, only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It'll be here in a matter of days. And sign up. Code Sports Talk. You'll be happy that you did. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Must be 18 over. Physically present in Kentucky. Subject to regulatory license requirements. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Bonus bets must be wagered one time. The stake is not included in the winnings. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash Kentucky. All right, we will take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Keep this thing rolling along. I do want to get to um, a quick little update on NC State as far as what they're doing in the crowd they're expecting this Friday. And... A lot more to react to from the weekend that we had in college football. Dion getting humbled. If you haven't heard the speech that was given to the Oregon locker, given in the Oregon locker room before the game, um, I mean, clearly they they looked at this as an opportunity to really humble Dion, and they did exactly that. Now I'm curious where it goes from here. If he gets blown out in back to back weeks, it's not going to be a huge surprise considering the situation. But will he stop, will he stop being the most talked about person in college football? I feel like you probably should move on. Not to say you ignore him and, and act like he's not what he, you know, he's already off to a better start than most expected. But like, if they keep getting killed, I don't know if we still need Deion Sanders everywhere. But then again, he moves the needle and that matters. And then lastly, I got to talk. I mean, how about two men above the age of 85 years old, probably in bed late at night on Saturday? But yet they get called out. Lou Holtz and Lee Corso, again, both over 85 years old, taking shots from opposing coaches. And I found it to be kind of funny. But it's also kind of sad that you have a big win. Two different coaches had big wins. And the first thing they thought to do was to call out an elderly person that, you know, again, probably was put in bed by their in-home living, uh, you know, caretaker because they're old like it's just it's a weird dynamic that that's where you go but you know do you so again we're loaded the rest of the way i'll stop yapping so we can actually get this break um out of the way so again it's coffee and company you know the drill we're fueled by thornton's right here on sports talk 790 you're listening to coffee and company with nick coffee on sports talk 790 he is a legitimate legend human being and a man Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. I don't believe that nc state has decided to make friday's game a blackout game because it's louisville i mean i think they realized this would be a good win for them given where they are right now but i think it would have been a blackout regardless of who's there it's a friday night game but either way i mean it just is another reminder that this will be not only the toughest test for louisville up to this point but also it will be the toughest environment right you've had two games that were kind of road games but kind of not Indianapolis was filled with more Louisville fans than Indiana fans, despite being in Indiana. And also the the um, 
Georgia Tech game. A lot of fans there from Georgia Tech, um, but also a lot of local fans too. And it was in an NFL stadium. It just didn't feel like you were really going up against a, a hostile crowd. I know in the second quarter when they were dominating you, it kind of felt like that. But this will be the first true road game for this group. This will be, again, the best team you've played up to this point. And I'm looking forward to seeing if this team can come out and handle business. Because we all know that if they do that, and I don't want to be the guy that says if they lose, then we won't be excited about the Notre Dame game. We will be. But just imagine the excitement, the buzz that'll be there if you are 5-0 and and you've got Notre Dame coming to town and they are still viewed as a team that will potentially be in the mix for a, for a spot in the playoff. Now, I said at the beginning of the show, for those just now joining us or that weren't listening earlier, I really hope Notre Dame doesn't lose to Duke because it would just sort of change, I think, the way this game is discussed. But it is – look, if they, they could lose by 40 to Duke, it's still going to be 7.30 on ABC primetime, and that is awesome. Probably going to have the biggest crowd you've ever had at Cardinal Stadium since they've expanded it. So certainly exciting, no doubt. But I was pulling for Notre Dame against Ohio State because I just wanted there to be even more at stake when this, cap, this game happens next week. So we'll still be excited if Louisville loses and even if Duke finds a way to beat Notre Dame. But um, I think best-case scenario now is Louisville takes care of business, comes out – and they're unbeaten, and the only loss for uh, for Notre Dame at that point is to a, to a team in Ohio State that is viewed to be really really good. So exciting stuff, no doubt. All right, five zero two five seven one seventy nine hundred is the number. If you guys would like to jump in and give us a call again, we'd love to hear from you. It is Coffee and Company. We are fueled by Thornton's here on Sports Talk seven ninety. One quick thing I want to get to here because I just found this to be interesting. We're not doing any kind of a trivia giveaway, but. This weekend, with Duke being the host of College Game Day for the first time in the history of their program, there are now, it looks like, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six teams that have never been able to host Game Day since it started in 1995. Uh, I'm sorry, eight Power Five teams. Any clue, Austin? Any guesses as to who... The six Power Five programs are that have never hosted Game Day. Some are pretty obvious, I'd, I'd say. Um, I, before I even knew it was Duke, I was going to say Duke. Um, I, I grew up in Arizona. I can't remember Arizona really ever being relevant enough to host one, but I think that they hosted one not too long ago. They did at some point because they're not in this list. Okay. That would have been a good guess, though, just because they don't really seem to move the needle. But. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the first one, Rutgers. They have never hosted game day. Probably oh, not a okay. big surprise. Uh, Cal has never hosted game day, which I do think is a little surprising because I can't think of the era of football where Cal was like really good, but they've had, they've had yeah. some really good players. USC and Oregon yeah. have come through there. You yeah. don't think they've had any really big Il- games. Illinois also on the list. Not really sure what to make of that. Huh. Uh, Maryland, Syracuse and Virginia. Those are the schools in the Power Five level that have never hosted College Game Day. That Duke, sounds about yeah, right. Duke was one of those teams that had never hosted, but they will for the first time this weekend. So there you go. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Again, 502-571-7900 is the number if you'd like to join us. Let's go to Jeff. Jeff, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's happening, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, just uh, you know, throw this out there. Um Game day is going to have covered Notre Dame the last two weekends. They were in South Bend, touchdown Jesus, and they're going to Duke this week, which is absolutely mind-boggling. But, hey, I guess sometimes blind squirrels find nuts. Um, but do you think that if both teams are undefeated, they would cover Notre Dame for a third straight weekend and go to Louisville? 
That's a really, really good question. Uh, Jeff, I would say there's a chance because Notre Dame is a program that has such a huge following nationally. And any decision, anytime you make a decision to feature them, especially when they're pretty good, it usually is a, is a win-win because, again, there's people who really – and who care about Notre Dame. What I don't know is that would it be a little, to your point, would it be just too much Notre Dame at that point? And does That's it does it matter that, I'll say this, the, the one thing that helps is that this game is going to be on ABC. If this was a home game for Notre Dame, I think it would be a harder sell to get college game day to go there because all of Notre Dame's games are on NBC, which is a direct competitor of ABC. So look, I think there's a chance. Let me look here at the, uh, at the schedules because and maybe you know there was at least one or two games that we looked at before the season started that happens to take that, that's taking place the same weekend and i feel like we knew okay probably unlikely to get game day because this game is a bigger game yeah texas and oklahoma is probably your best bet or your biggest competition i would say for game day but i would say objectively speaking if they did decide to do notre dame louisville because louisville's undefeated and notre dame is notre dame I don't think it'd be a big shocker. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, no doubt. But I would say the hardest matchup that you'll have to beat out to get that game day spot would be Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. I, I just think that, you know, when you throw in Louisville, and maybe it's a bigger deal here regionally, but when you bring in Jeff Brom and, you know, you know whatever, say whatever you want about Satterfield, it almost felt like Louisville's program, despite having some wins and, Doing some good stuff felt dead, dead in the water. I guess. Yeah, we we'd get we'd get um, the opportunity every now and then under Satterfield to sort of maybe make a splash and have his big moment, and it just never happened. <laughs> yeah, like it was just there was always like you, it's like a roller coaster, and you're just instead of going over the top, you would just fall right back down or get stuck there. And you know, with uh, with Brom, I just feel like there's a there's a certain mojo in the air. I guess. I mean, even Saturday at the game, you know, we actually were there and. You know, you're sitting there and everyone's excited. Everyone's in the game. I mean, the guy behind me scared my pregnant wife when he hit the uh, he hit the chair. And I looked and I'm like, dude, it's a four touchdown game. Take a deep breath. But you know that passion's back. Oh yeah, the, the juice is there, man. It, it's good stuff. No doubt. Thank you for the call, Jeff. I appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, look, Louisville. We know this is our brand, but I don't know if it's known nationally. And if it if it's not, it's not a big surprise to me. But we do big events well. Like we, you know, Louisville, they get up for the big games. And even during Satterfield's era that was underwhelming for the most part, whenever you had a game that looked like, here you go, let's 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 have our first big moment under Scott Satterfield. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on you. They always lost, man. They, they always seem to lose in primetime. I mean, last year, I don't remember a home game that felt like, here we go, you've got a chance to really do something special. But I remember two years ago, you played Syracuse, I'm sorry, not Syracuse, but um, it was Clemson at home, and you had them, or you were right there with a chance to beat them, and Louisville fans showed up in a major way, only to, you know, be let down again. And then I think also that same year, you played Florida State on a Friday, and that was still viewed as a big game because it's Florida State, and there was a lot of fans there, and once again, they were they were underwhelming. lead. Oh, yeah, that's a game they probably should have won. And there were a lot of games like that under Satterfield that you didn't win, which, of course, is why Shocker. You know, yeah, everybody feels the way that they do about uh, one Scott Satterfield. All right, so for the sake of keeping this segment um, on track here, before we, you know, there's a lot more I want to get into from the college football side of things. We're probably, we'll probably save some of that for the, for the 5 o'clock hour. But really quickly, on Scott Satterfield, this is going to sound like I'm just, this, this is going to sound like a very poor attempt at being funny. And I don't, I'm not saying it to be funny because I don't really think it's funny. And maybe I'm not 
describing it the right way. But I, I, I'm not kidding. When I saw Scott Satterfield's postgame comments about the loss to, to Oklahoma, I almost had like a level of PTSD of like, God, that sucked. I'm, I remember where Cincinnati fans were. It would be awful to, you know, to be there. Don't you miss that North Carolina accent? I mean, I, after I, I mean, a loss. Cincinnati, they lose to, and again, they lost to Oklahoma, a good team, no doubt. And Satterfield's, you know, basically like, well, what do you expect? They're Oklahoma and we're not. Like, what a loser, a loser ass way to just go about anything. And that's just what he did. So after the loss to Oklahoma, Satterfield's comment. They've won a lot of championships. They've been around a long time. And this is our first game in the Big 12, and our guys went toe-to-toe. This should be encouraging for our guys and to our people. Like, what a loser. Like, what a loser. Like, let's be real. Cincinnati went to the college football playoff just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Their fans aren't going to look at a loss to Oklahoma, one that really wasn't that close, and feel like, well, man, we we survived. We went toe-to-toe with this big football program, Oklahoma, and, like, no players died. We should be pr- – like, what a loser. And And he just says that stuff all the time, and he seems like a nice guy overall. But, man, like, when I saw that quote, I'm just like – Again, thank you so much, Cincinnati, for, you know, for taking him because, you know, it's made life a lot better for us around here. And look, I don't know. Jeff may not end up living up to the expectations that are there. I mean, I happen to think that he he will, but you never know how anything is going to work out. But at least you're not going to hear stuff like that. I mean, goodness gracious. And just, I mean, I feel for Cincinnati, but again, I thank them for for, for, for taking him he off just, our hands. He's just got to wrap his arms around them yeah. and just love them, right? He's uh, he's he's not missed around here. I can tell you that. All right, let's get to one more quick call before we take our last break in the four o'clock hour. Let's welcome in Colt. Colt, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's up? Hey Nick, um, I was I remember as a kid, um, one of my first game days was was Lamar Jackson's breakout game against Florida State, That's and I remember deal. the just the atmosphere of being there, as in the crowd as a high schooler, just. Just cheering, and then all of a sudden you hear, "Wait, we're up! We're up! How many points?" Oh and yeah, just think, that was the perfect storm, man. That day could not have played out better than it did. That's an all timer, no doubt. So, Cole, how old, part, how, how old were you at the time? Well, I'm 25 now, so. Uh, yeah, I guess you were. Was, you were probably in high school, right? Yeah, I was in high school then. God, where is the time gone? That, that was 2016, <laughs> and I'm like, well, here we go. That's seven, eight years ago. But so even as a kid, though, you probably realized like this. This is a big deal. Like I just feel like there was a vibe, there was a an atmosphere that it just felt like this was a like it just felt like you. It was going to be a day you remembered for a long time, and the perfect storm just started rolling. It was Louisville. Just there was. I mean, it was. It's a it's a regular season game and a season that ended up not playing out the way that I think we expected it to. But that day, man, that's one of the best single days I feel like for Louisville football ever. All right, thanks, sir. You have a great day. Thank you for the call, Cole. I appreciate it, man. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. Come back and wrap up the four o'clock hour. Be a short segment, but we've got a loaded five o'clock hour coming your way. So stick with us. We uh, we're not going anywhere. I mean, we are taking a quick break, but we're with you till six o'clock and. Uh, You should stick with us right here, Sports Talk 790. I'm not sure why I'm scrambling to get out of here, but again, apologies. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. I am not what you would call a handsome man. The good Lord chose not to bless me with, with charm, athletic ability, 
or a fully functional brain. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I love when we have two... Monday night football matchups. I don't know why they don't do that every week. You'd probably have a lot of teams complaining about a short week, that kind of stuff. There's always teams complaining about not playing again, I guess on a on a, you know, Saturday a Sunday afternoon. But tonight it is the Eagles and the Buccaneers that are going to get it started at 7:15 on ABC and then after that it is the Rams and Bengals. As uh, the Bengals looking for their first win, that'll kick off at 8.15 on ESPN. And sounds like Joe Burrow has been questionable throughout, but now there's belief that he is going to play, and uh, they need a win in a major way. And you will hear the Bengals pregame coverage right here on Sports Talk 790 coming up at about 6.30. Again, kickoff will be at 8.15. And I don't know, you, you got any action here you like, Austin? I, I, I see Philadelphia favored by five here and Cincinnati is favored by three. Part of me says, like, hammer the Rams based off what we've yeah. seen from Cincinnati. But Joe Burrow usually does play better in these kind of games, but he's also not healthy. He's, he's you know, and, and I, I think Sean McVay is, you know, still a good enough coach to where the Rams, are the, the Rams to me are one of those teams that, you know, despite just one loss, one win. Like, I'm, I don't think we know for sure exactly if they're either going to be competitive this year, maybe mess around make the playoffs or are they going to be you know down like they were a year ago yeah they're still kind of the rams seem kind of still in limbo cooper cup out and matt's you know they the rams clearly are, are having the effect of selling their soul for their super bowl a couple years ago which which is all nice uh i would i would totally go with the um i would totally go with probably even though it's it's in la right uh, let's see. Your notes in Cincinnati. Okay, I would probably, I would probably, I'd, I'd feel a lot better about the Rams covering. I still don't know, especially if Joe Burrow is going to play, but they they just brought in AJ McCarron and they they still have Jake Browning. Uh, if you're left with Jake Browning, then you're that's you're, bad news. Yeah, you're, you're kind of bad news. But at least AJ McCarron was. I mean, it was a, a completely different coaching setup and a completely different environment a couple years ago under the Marvin Lewis system than it is now. Uh, but I, I would, I would, I would take the, I would take both. Um, I would take a, uh, I would take both favorites to cover. See, and I, I, I do think, like Jalen Hurts. If anyone's betting props, I think they, he's scored a rushing touchdown in seven of his last ten games, and both la- and two of them last week against my Vikings. So um, he's and, and that's that's all the Eagles do is is run the football. I think they had a drive last week where they just ran seventeen straight runs, and so they they tend to get up early on you and then just kind of run the ball out. And I, I, the jury's still left out there for for the uh, for the Bengals because they're. A mess right now the rams i mean they blew out seattle who from what i can tell has since then i don't remember what's happened with seattle yesterday but did they win or lose let's see seattle is two and one now with their loss to the rams early and then they've had back-to-back wins with a win against the lions and a win against the panthers but you know the rams without cooper cup they beat the seahawks which again that win looks better now than it did at the time and they were super competitive against the niners who may be the best team in the nfl so I, I lean the Rams here to uh, to 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 win this thing, but maybe. But again, if you are familiar with this show at all, when it comes to anything I have a feel for that I'm leaning towards wagering when it comes to the NFL, you would have made a lot of money if you just do the exact opposite. We because it is Nick. it is comical how bad that I've been. Um, but no, I think I, I like the uh, I like the Rams to cover as dogs. So again, 
fade and you'll they, probably get paid. Are right now? <laughs> What's that? I said they barking right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the dogs. dogs I like the dogs here. I don't know if I like them as much in the first game because, you know, I don't know what to make of the Buccaneers. They're 2-0 and and they've got Baker Mayfield. I don't yeah. think their roster is phenomenal, but, you know, they beat your Vikings in a close game, which is a real surprise to me. They beat the Bears in somewhat of a close game, and the Bears look like the worst team in the NFL. So yeah, Justin Field just isn't working out. Yeah, I have a feeling that um, that it'll be the Eagles who end up covering sure. the five here. So that's that's what I like. But again, you guys do what you want. And again, if you're on the plan of just fading anything I say, you're winning, and are, I'm losing. Are they so doing Manning cast tonight? Is that do they, are they doing Manning cast during the double games? That's a good question. I know they did it last week, but I'm not sure about this week. I um, I know they. They weren't doing it every week last year. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm a. Are you a fan of that? I'm about fifty fifty. I enjoy it way more than the regular panel. Yeah, I like. I like everything that they do in the Manning cast, but I still call me old fashioned. Prefer to watch a game that I have interest in with the actual broadcasters. With yeah, yeah, I mean that's just what I'm used to. But it's not to say that I'm not a fan of. I mean, I think I want to hear Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> talk for eight minutes while someone just made a one handed catch. You I, know? I feel like the Manning cast. It still blows my mind that the biggest surprise of the whole thing is that Eli Manning's actually funny. Yeah. I never thought that when he played, but he has a really good sense of humor, can make fun of himself in a major Manning's way. have a dry sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, and it works, man. You. It works. We always knew. I think Peyton had that, but Eli's really shown it recently, and I've enjoyed that. I think he's, he's a funny guy. All right, we got to run one hour to go, though, so don't go anywhere. A lot more to react to from the weekend and, of course, look ahead to another big weekend of football. So stick with us. It's Coffee and Company. We're fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.